Good morning again. We will be in Romans chapter 5 this morning if you want to start flipping there in your Bible. Romans chapter 5 this morning. Uh, we will be in verses 1 through 11. You know, Romans is uh, one of just those great books. Um, there's just so much information and so much truth in the book of Romans. It's one of those books that I like to try to spend some time in at least once a year um, just to be reminded of things. I feel like reminders are very helpful. They're very good for us all. I love, I love reminders. I love the fact that my phone even has this little app on it now. That, uh, or it's been there for years, but it says reminders, okay, so I can put stuff in there so I don't forget. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for Facebook, I don't think I'd know when anybody's birthday ever was, you know, so that's, that's a good thing. But those reminders are helpful to us. And uh, so, you know, I look through the book of Romans, I try to do it about once a year and, and just be reminded of the gospel, reminded of who we are apart from Christ, reminded of uh, what God has done, the work that God has done. And, uh, you know, it's a unique book. Uh, book of Romans is the first 11 chapters are just really informational, a whole lot of information about uh, salvation. I mean, really, it's the book on salvation, okay? And the uh, chapters 12 and following is just practical, like, applications. So here's the information, and here's what it looks like. And so I love practical information and application. Like, that. it helps me because, you know, information, we can, we can suck up information all day long, and never really know what it means or know what it looks like, but we, we have that in here in the book of Romans. But we're going to be in chapter 5 this morning, and as we, as we pick up in chapter 5, um, you know, Paul has already spent the previous four chapters in, in chapter, um, by the time we get to chapter 5, the previous four chapters, he's already explained a few things, and, and we'll kind of get into that this morning, but Really, chapter 5 is going to talk to us about faith this, this morning. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'll read the passage, and then we'll dive into it. So, Father, we just want to come to you this morning, and again, we just want to lift you up and praise you for who you are and how good you are. And Lord, just, um, just how awesome of a God that you are, the way that you love us and care for us and provide for us. And Father, to even have provided us, uh, Lord... Your Son sacrificed in order for us to be saved is a love that we don't comprehend, Father. But I pray as we walk through Your Word this morning that we are reminded of who You are. We're reminded of how good You are, reminded of how great and magnificent You are. And Father, I pray for the appropriate response, Lord, that we would love You and that we would worship and surrender to You. So, Father... Uh, as we walk through your word this morning, we just pray for your spirit to be here with us. Lord, give me the words to speak, and Father, give us all the ears to hear what you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one who will, one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. So there's a lot in there. Okay, um, So we're going to be in these first 11 verses this morning, and, then, and it's just full of information. Okay, So... Um, as we pick up in verse 1, we notice the first word there is therefore, right? And we've been trained and been taught, okay, that any time that word therefore is there, we need to know what it's there for, right? And so we, we again, we talked about that we're in chapter 5. Paul has talked already on faith, and he's been explaining it. And so he gives us a hint in this passage what the therefore is therefore. He says, since we have been justified by faith. Okay? And so uh, he explains to us that what everything he's about to go into okay, hangs on the fact that we've been justified by faith. Okay? And there's basically, I was looking at this, there's two definitions that I found for what justified means. Okay? And the first one is something that is done for a legitimate reason, right? So, uh, the second reason is made righteous in the sight of God. Okay, there's a second definition that justifies made righteous in the sight of God. Everything that follows what Paul says next, okay, is an implication of first being justified by faith. Okay, it's important that we understand that. Paul makes it very clear, if you just want to flip over a page and look with me, in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 25, when he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. Okay? And so Paul does a great job in that passage of kind of summarizing okay, what has taken place. Okay, the work that Christ has done, the work that, that was done in order for us to be redeemed, and that took place as, as Christ's blood was shed on the cross. Okay? And so uh, we are only justified through receiving by faith. Right, And it's important that we understand that. It's critical that we understand that before we dive into the rest of this passage. It's critical that we understand that as believers in Christ, okay? Faith is fundamental, okay? There's certain things, right, that are not necessarily essential to our faith, okay? But faith is certainly essential, okay? And so, um, he explains to us that the free gift of redemption that was made possible by the work of Jesus... Okay, that is made possible by the shedding of His blood. Okay, Christ made that possible by the shedding of His blood. Okay, that's what we're, that's what our faith is in is what the work. Okay, that Christ has done. All right, and 
the Jews, okay, because that's part of Paul's audience, the Jews really struggled with this, okay? They had spent their lives, okay, and their history and heritage and tradition was to follow the law, right? And over and over again, they worked and worked and worked to follow the law, only to fall short over and over again, all right? They had a really hard time believing that they could not earn righteousness through their work, okay? So Paul will argue this fact over and over and over again as he goes, as he goes through the Romans. And it's just crazy, right, to think that the, the Jews just couldn't get this. They couldn't comprehend this, all right? But I want you to understand, like, we're still struggling with this today, right? This is still happening today. It's happening even within the church, okay? Um, I don't know how many conversations that, you know, you get into, some, get into with someone and they begin to explain or vet their Christianity, all right, or their faith by works, right? Okay, and you guys are going to be, you're spending some time in James, so you're going to, next week you're going to hear a lot more on this, okay? And I'm not contradicting what you're going to hear next week because James is going to explain what you're going to hear is that, you know, faith without works is a, is a dead faith, okay? So certainly, all right, faith creates in us, stirs us up for good works for Christ, okay? No question about that whatsoever, all right? But work, all right, does not bring about our faith. Our faith is a result of our works. No, our works is a result of our faith. I got that backwards, okay? So it's important that we get that and we understand that, right? When, when, when I'm in a conversation with somebody and they're telling me about, oh, you know, my aunt, she was the best Christian, right? She was, she was a really godly and Christian woman, right? Because she... She never missed a Sunday at church, right? She served on this committee, right, for 20-plus years, okay? She taught, you know, children's church for this many years, okay? I could go on and on and on, you know, with these listing of things that, that we do in order to vet someone's Christianity. But the, the conversation really should be, more word, like carefully worded. And I know people don't do this on purpose, you know, don't get me wrong, but it should be a little bit more worded like her faith in Christ, okay, drove her to never want to miss a Sunday of worship, right? Her faith in Christ never, like she never wanted to miss an opportunity to put, put her tithe in, her, in the plate, right? Her faith in Christ drove her to want to teach every you know, child that she could possibly teach about Jesus, okay? It was all, you know, it's all wrapped up in the faith. The faith is fundamental, it's key, okay? And so, it's important that we understand that. So this morning, what we're going to be looking at is basically six blessings or six reasons to rejoice in our faith, okay? So six reasons to uh, rejoice in our faith. Uh, Number one is peace with God. Okay, number one is peace with God. If you look at verse 1, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and I think that we, uh, this is one of those things that we often need to be reminded of. Okay, um, that in Christ, right, we, we are now at peace with God. Okay, um, you know, it, it's an important reminder because uh, we, we forget about, I feel like the longer that we're Christians, the longer we're in Christ, like we forget about 
like the wrath of God and how, like what a big deal that is, right? We forget about the fact that He's holy and that He's just, okay? And He's righteous and we're not, okay? And that, that, that has a cost. And so if you look at like verses 8 and 10, we're called things like sinners, enemies, okay? We see that we're awaiting His wrath, okay? And do we really comprehend like what that would look like? Do we really comprehend the the wrath of God, right? If if we really understood like what a big deal that is, then man, we would be terrified, right? We we would be on the run. Okay? And when I was thinking about this, I was reminded uh we would be like uh uh, Saddam Hussein, right? Years ago, they found him hiding. Right? He's just running from the U.S. military. This isn't the creator of the world right? that he's running from. He's just running from the U.S. military, and they found him hiding out in a hole right, on the side of a mountain somewhere because he was terrified of who was... right. But this is the creator, right? Just like uh, the other guy, Osama bin Laden, right? And they found him. He had been hiding out in some compound you know, for years, not even leaving, right, because he was terrified of what was, what was coming. Like, he knew what was coming. He was hiding from it, right? How, how much more would we be hiding from the wrath of God, like, if we really understood, all right, what it was? So, as we're reminded of that, you know, we... It should, should really, like, hit home with just what a big deal it is that we are at peace with God, right? Because there's no hiding from God, right? There's no hiding from His wrath. We can't hide from the Creator of the world. Like, it just doesn't work, right? Look at uh, the story of Jonah, right? Jonah thought he could run from God. Remember what happened? He got swallowed up by a big whale, spit out exactly where he didn't want to go as he was running from God. Like, it just doesn't happen. You're not going to run from the Creator of the world, right? And so to know that like we have been spared that wrath and we are now at peace with God, that's a big deal. Right? And that's one of the blessings that we receive through our faith in Christ. Okay, but with faith in Christ comes peace with God. Alright, so secondly, we're going to see that we have access to His grace. Okay, access to His grace. Alright, look at verse 2. It says, Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Man, I am super thankful, okay, for this right here. Alright. I don't I don't know about y'all, but it would be really nice if, if the minute that I said that I believe and I profess faith in Christ, like sin and temptation and all those things just like disappeared, just went out the window. But I mean, I don't know about you, but that did not happen for me like that. Okay? And just did not work. Right? Still facing temptation and still struggling with it, right? Even though we know like, what God has for us is so much better, but we still struggle with it, all right? So my one-year-old grandson, right, who just left a few minutes ago, is in here, and, you know, he's, he's one now, and he's exploring a lot more and testing the boundaries a little bit more, and he has learned over the last several months, okay, what no means, okay, and what is hilarious to me, I just sit back and laugh at this, he will, he will crawl up to something or go up to, walk up to something that he knows he's not supposed to mess with, he will look at you 
and say, no, 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 no. Okay? And he'll look at it. And he'll keep looking at it. And he'll look at you and go, no, 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 no. And what will he do? He'll continue to get closer and closer, right? Until he puts his hands up. We've got this air purifier in the house that's got a blue light on it. And he just can't stand. He's got to touch that blue light. And, you know, he'll look, he'll walk right up to it and go, no, no, no. And then before long, he's, he's got his hands on it, right? The temptation is just too great, right? And so, um, we're no different, right? I mean, we're, we're not one and we're not crawling on the floor. Like, we, we know a lot more. But we're no different, right? The temptation's sitting right there in front of us day in and day out for whatever it might be. Whatever it is that we struggle with, okay, we all got different things, but the temptation's right there, and we know, you know, we're looking back saying, no, 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 but at the same time, like, we're just continuing to fall into that temptation to sin against God, okay? So, man, praise God. We have access to His grace, okay? Praise God, because I don't know about you, I need it multiple times a day. Not just once, not just a couple times a week, like every single day, multiple times a day. Man, thank God that I have access to His grace. I mean, where would we be without it? Okay? And so we have access to His grace. Thirdly, we're going to see, okay, that we can rejoice in the glory of God and our sufferings. Look at the end of verse 2. Where it says, um, I'll just read the whole thing. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Does that sound familiar? Because I know you guys are like walking through James on Sunday morning. and I mean, James just basically word for word, you know, he's just went through that same thing, okay? The, the suffering part. All right, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on that. But, you know, we come to faith in Christ, we realize who God is. Right? We realize who we are apart from Him. We realize who He is, okay? And, and the only response is just amazement and awe of His love. Like, why would He love us and care for us that much, right? And it, it just causes us to rejoice in the hope of who He is, in the hope that this isn't it, right? And this isn't all, right? What we, what we experience every day in this life, this is not all that's to come, right? We have hope in who He is and, and what He's done, and that one day we're going to be spending eternity with Him, okay, celebrating Him forever, all right, in, in heaven, right? We have hope in that. So we, we can rejoice, okay, in the glory of God. But it's not so easy to rejoice in sufferings, okay? It's not so easy to rejoice when we're going through something difficult, right? But if we truly understand what he's saying and what James has said, and like I said, I won't spend a lot of time here. I know you've been through this, but I mean... If things were just great all the time and good and easy going all the time, right, we would we would quickly, okay, forget just how badly we need the Lord and how badly we need God. Right? I mean, I don't I don't know about you, but some of the conversations that I've had with people that are going through some just terrible things, I mean, 
wow, their faith really comes out when they're going through a difficulty. Okay, I've got a neighbor of mine that I've talked to several times, and just recently he was diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, you know, he has always told me that he was a believer and that he had faith. And, um, you know, being somebody's neighbor, there's been times I've questioned, you know, and wondered. But one thing that has been evident since he's been diagnosed and started treatment is he, he knows who he needs right now. And he has been very vocal about that, and uh, he's been spending time in Scripture, and we've been talking about that. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for the suffering that I believe that he was going through, I, you know, his faith wouldn't be as evident right now. And so that faith, all right, it really shows when we're going through a difficulty, when we're going through suffering. And that suffering, all right, it builds character, it strengthens our faith, okay? And so you don't get that apart from being or having faith in Christ. Like You don't get to rejoice in sufferings all right, apart from a relationship with Christ. All right? That comes through faith in Christ. Okay? Because you know there's like nothing in this world that can be thrown at you that He can't handle. Right? And even, even if like it ends in death, Guess what? There's eternity, okay, with him where we're promised no more pain, sorrow, suffering, those things, okay? And so, I mean, amen that we are able to rejoice in our, like, in the glory of God and even in our suffering. And so, fourthly, that we're going to see this morning is that we've received the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay, so basically that passage explains to us the only reason that we're able to receive the love of God in our heart is because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, gets very little recognition sometimes. Okay, Um you know, sometimes we treat the the Holy Spirit more like the third wheel rather than the third person of the Trinity. Okay, so we understand the Holy Spirit is equally okay God. All right, and the Holy Spirit uh, is referred to by Jesus as the Helper. Okay, that will be sent when He leaves. Right, and the Holy Spirit comes and it dwells inside of us. All right, and He He leads us and guides us and directs us and helps okay, us. And so the Holy Spirit is, is just incredible blessing. The only reason that we can receive the love of God or even share the love of God is because of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Spirit's work is equally responsible for our faith okay, in Christ. And so we must understand like what a big deal the Holy Spirit is. Right? And it's one more reason to rejoice. And one more reason um, to praise God because without the Holy Spirit, right, we would be just wandering around kind of aimless. Right? The Holy Spirit plays a huge part in our faith. And so we rejoice in the Holy Spirit. 
Because if there's one thing that history has taught us, is that we can't do it on our own, right? Hopefully we can all agree on that. And we've, we've, we've proven that, okay? The, like the history of mankind has proven that over and over and over again, right? We, we need help. We need divine help. And that divine help is the Holy Spirit. Fifthly, we're going to see speaking to the fact that we need help. Fifthly, we're going to see that we have been saved from ourselves. Been saved from ourselves. Look at verse 6. It says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay? Who, who did he die for? The ungodly. Right? That's us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person through perhaps, um, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore now, been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Verse 10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Okay? Um, so there you go. Ungodly, sinners, awaiting his wrath, enemies. Okay? That's, that's what we were capable of doing. That's where we were at. Okay? And this is, this is our state apart from God, apart from the work of Christ. And, you know, the, the Jews, I talked about this a minute ago, but they, they struggled with, you know, being able to earn their salvation through keeping of the law. Right, they they th- they had the law, and they're like, man, we we're we're keeping the law, like we're earning it, we're getting it done with the law. All right, and this is in Romans chapter seven. Paul speaks to this, and he says uh, in verse eighteen, if you want to look on the next page, it says, "For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh." For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil that I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, Evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man am I, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... I may serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Paul speaks to this war, okay, that's waging within him, right? He's like, I, I know what I, I know what I need to do, I know what I want to do, but I keep doing what I don't want to do. Like as bad as I want to serve God and do what's right, and 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 I rejoice in the in the law and I respect the law of God. 
Like my body's just not capable of adding, like getting there. It's not. It just won't add up. Okay, it won't get there. Can't hit the mark, right? And so um, he explains that no matter what our best efforts are, if our salvation depends on us, we're going. We're going to screw it up. We're going to mess it up. Okay, it's not going to work out. And so. How great is it that this thing doesn't depend on us, right? I mean, look at look at what it says in uh, verses nine and ten. It says, "For since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God." For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. It's a huge relief, weight, and burden that's lifted off of us to understand and to realize like this, this salvation, this faith that we have, like it, it doesn't hinge upon our work and our best effort. Okay? It completely and totally depends on Jesus. All right, on His work, all right, on His sacrifice. Like His blood was a pure, unstained, sinless blood that was shed in order to pay for our sin. And when God sees us, that's what He sees. All right, so through faith in Christ, all right, we, we're saved. And we're, we're relieved of that work and like we we can't we can't get it done anyway. Alright, it's impossible. And so it's a huge deal to know that it doesn't depend on us, right? It's it's his work, right? If he died for us, like think about the fact that if God's son, alright, was like his blood was shed in order for us to be redeemed, then what like what can stop us from being able to be saved and be redeemed? Right? Nothing. Right? If God's not willing to spare his own son, right, then what what do we have to worry about? Right? It all hinges on him. Okay, we we've been saved from ourselves. Alright, the sixth thing that we see in this passage this morning is Verse 11, that we have been reconciled. Okay, so verse 11 says, More than that, we also rejoiced in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now received reconciliation. You know, back in the garden, right, with Adam and Eve, right, we, we see the creation of the world. Right, we see the creation of the animals and the plants and all that stuff, and it's just awesome if you go back and you read that passage, and you're sitting there and, and you're seeing, like, God's bringing all the animals to Adam, right, and Adam's naming the animals, right, and you see that Adam and Eve are there in the garden and they're working and keeping it, and then like when after uh, the fall, right after even Adam and Eve were tempted there in the garden, and God shows up, right, in the evening in the garden, 
right? And they had, they had like fellowship, okay? They had like a relationship with God, right? And that, that was the way that it was like perfect. Like that was the way it was created and made and it was perfect, okay? And then, you know, they, the fruit and the fall came and it has not been perfect since then, right? And so, like, sin has entered in. That's where we are now, okay? Sin has sin entered in, okay? And so that relationship and that fellowship that they had with God in the garden, you know, it's, sin has caused that to be broken, okay? And so it reminds me of a passage that I'll read. This is in uh, Isaiah 59, okay? And Isaiah's, you know, he's a prophet, and he's, he's getting on the, people, the nation of Israel, you know, about stuff that they're doing. And, and this is what he says to them in verse, um, verses, uh, chapter 59, verse 1, 2. He says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his, his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. Okay? And so he, he, He's explaining to the nation of Israel right there, like, your sin has separated you. Okay? It has broken that relationship. He, he can't see you. He can't look upon you. He can't hear you. Okay? But... Now, in Christ, we have reconciliation, okay? And so, sin separates us from God, but through the blood of Christ, our relationship with God, it's restored, okay? Now, through faith in Christ, we can go to the Lord in prayer, right? And He, can, he hears us, right? And He knows like what we're going through, and you know, we, we, we see in Scripture that you know He sympathizes with us, right? Because now we are in Him, right? We're in Christ, okay? And so this perfect relationship that existed in the garden, like sin has entered into the picture, and that relationship was cut off, it was broken, it was, it was not there. But now through what Christ has accomplished and through His blood, right, we put our faith and trust in Christ and that relationship, okay, it's, it's mended. It's healed. All right? It's reconciled. Okay, that, that's a big deal. That's an, an incredible blessing to know that, again, in our best effort, we've messed it up, but through the work that Christ has completed, all right, we are now reconciled. To God, okay, and so we rejoice in that. All right, we celebrate that. We we celebrate it through worship. We celebrate it through um, our words and our actions. We celebrate it through our love for one another. We celebrate, all right, and we rejoice in 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 Him through sharing the gospel, okay, with others in our community in our world. Okay, in the nations, all right, we do those things because of what Christ has done. We rejoice in Him and we celebrate Him. Okay, the only reasonable response to all of this 
is worship. The only reasonable response to what he's done is complete and total surrender to him. Okay? And so, as we close this morning, okay, I just want to challenge you. Like, if you're already in Christ, you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I hope this is a fantastic reminder to you this morning of who he is and what he's done. Okay, and the things that have been done on your behalf that you're not even responsible for, but you can receive the blessings for. And I hope it reminds us of who He is so much that we respond with surrender and worship. Okay, And if you're not a follower of Christ this morning, I hope that you've gotten a picture okay, of just who He is and how much He loves and cares for His people. Okay, And I hope that that, that brings you to a place where you are ready to put your faith and trust in Him. Okay, in just a few moments, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I'll be down front. If you want me to pray with you, if you want to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then that's what I'm here for. Okay, And so, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we uh, are just blown away by what we've seen in Your Word this morning. Uh, Father, we're blown away by your goodness. Lord, we're blown away by the fact, Lord, that even in our best efforts, we have messed it up. We have wrecked the relationship. We continue to fall into temptation and sin, and we continue to, uh, Lord, just disobey, serve ourselves rather than you. Father, I, I cannot thank you enough for what you have accomplished through Christ. I can't thank you enough for the access that we now have, uh, Lord, to your grace and just the Holy Spirit and just all the things that were mentioned this morning, Father, in your word. I just can't thank you enough for them. And Father, I pray for those of us that know you, Lord, that we be reminded this morning of just how good you are. And Lord, that our response would be just not just in these next few moments as we sing to you, but Father, as we leave here and we go out into this community, Lord, as we go to work tomorrow through the rest of the week, Father, I pray that what you have done will be a reflection of how we live our lives and how we love the world. And so, Father, I pray for that. Uh, Lord, I pray for those, anyone here that doesn't know you, Lord, that you would... Lord, if it's your will to lead them to a point and a place where they put their faith and their trust in you. Lord, you have spared nothing in order to reconcile the relationship, Lord, that we have broken. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. We pray for just wisdom and guidance and everything. In Jesus' name, amen.